Hi, and welcome to Daily Dose, Danny. This is episode 22. We all know that feeling when you unexpectedly start. Life's unexpected moments or just need an extra pair. Traveling for sleepovers, moving cities, or you're just not keeping track of your cycle can be the worst feeling. So today's episode is for mums, women, expats, adventurers, seekers, last-minute planners. I'm speaking with Lauren, the founder of Where's Spare. So Where's Spare is the first post-leak solution that will ensure you're prepared for whatever may come during your busy schedule. When it's unexpected period or a light bladder leak, it's the always there underwear. So hi, Lauren, and thank you so much for joining me today. Tell us a bit more about yourself and what you do. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, So I am the founder of Spare, and I'm uh, natively from the United States, from California, but now living in Singapore, and I've been living in Asia for the past few years. Awesome. And what made you decide to start Spare? Yeah, so it's a, it's a bit of an embarrassing story. But, you know, it, what comforts me is when I have this conversation, I, I realize that everyone has a similar personal experience. Um, so it actually started when I was living in Japan a few years ago. I had just moved to a brand new country from California I just started a new job. I was getting settled into a new city, a new apartment, and I didn't realize it, but I think I was quite stressed at the time. And one of the things that happens to me when I'm stressed is my cycle goes out of sync. So (laughs) as in my period cycle and my period arrived while I was at work in the middle of the day and it was about two weeks early. So I was completely caught off guard. It was really unexpected. And I wasn't going to be able to go home until around nine o'clock that night. And I had, I was, I had a full day of work ahead of me um, and then a, a client dinner following work. And so by the time I got home and was able to shower and get comfortable, it had been about seven or eight hours of just being really uncomfortable, not confident during my client dinner or at work. And I just thought that it's crazy that there isn't a better solution than just sitting and being uncomfortable all day. Uh, So that's really what inspired me to look into different solutions and just see what else was on the market that could help address the situation that I know is really common and nothing was really out there in the market. And so I decided to look into creating something as uh, a way to address that problem. So that's why it's called a post-leak solution. It, it's really, you know, for an unexpected period or if you have light bladder leakage, um, this is especially common for pregnancy and new moms. Um, and so that's, that's how it was created. That's amazing. So, so take us back. So you've been living in Asia for so long. So you first moved to Japan. Where did you move after Japan? Take us through your favorite city and your journey through Asia a bit. Yeah, I was in Japan for about uh, a little less than a year. And from there, I moved to Vietnam um, for about two months. And I actually moved there to try the digital nomad (laughs) experience where I was really looking into 
investing in this idea and, and creating something. And so it was a perfect place to, um, you know, have a lot of flexibility. It's cost of living is very reasonable compared to a place like Japan and Hong Kong. Um, and from there, I moved to Hong Kong and was in Hong Kong for about a year and a half and now have been in Singapore for about six months. That's awesome. So which is your favorite city so far where you've lived in? <laughs> I get that question a lot. I would have to say I actually really do miss aspects of all those countries. I mean, the food in Japan is amazing. In Vietnam, I loved the the lifestyle there. It was really laid back and, and carefree and I just felt really relaxed every single day I was there. Hong Kong, I, I love the outdoor aspects. So all the nature, the hiking, uh, the beaches. Um, in Singapore, I, I love how much space we have. I think that's the biggest difference compared to all the countries in Singapore. It feels uh, like we could really stretch our legs. And in Hong Kong, we're in a tiny flat. In Singapore, we have much more room between the husband and I. So it's a, lo- a little more comfortable. <laughs> I think everyone in Asia can relate. Space is yeah. for sure an issue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. So also you mentioned, or we spoke a bit about um, Spare being a product for only not only pregnant women, but obviously um, people going through periods and other stuff. I know you're personally, um, if we may share currently expecting (laughs) (laughs) um have you yourself felt you've really needed it a lot more um do you have a little bag you put it in like take us a bit through the process of actually using spare yeah it's funny so the the reason why I started the company and really you know what came from the idea was because I got my period early and now I'm in my third trimester of pregnancy and it really has come in handy. <laughs> one, it's it's my most comfortable pair of underwear. And it's the only one that has grown with me throughout my pregnancy. And I haven't had to buy bigger sizes. I haven't had to, um, you know, go through the trouble of searching and shopping for new underwear because I have my spares, luckily, that... They're super stretchy material, they're seamless fabric, and they're really soft and comfortable to the point where I can, I've worn them since I was three months pregnant until I'm, until now, and I'm eight months pregnant. And it's great that I don't have to change sizes and I can just continue to wear something that I've been used to and it's really comfortable for me. Um, And then when I'm out and about, I've definitely had situations where I'll, I'll sneeze or my husband will make me laugh and I'll have a light bladder leak. And <laughs> thank God I, you know, created something, ex- especially for the, those situations when I'm out all day, I don't have time to go home and change and, and get comfortable. And all I need to do is find my nearest restroom and I can change into a fresh pair. And the whole idea behind spare is that each a pair of underwear is individually packaged in a really small and discreet pouch so that I can take out the new pair and put them on and then I can have somewhere to put my old soiled pair to keep in my purse until I get home and I can throw it in the laundry. 
So it's it's definitely come in handy quite a few times. And I've been very happy that I created something, especially for those situations. That's so great. I think that's amazing. You're your best own ambassador for your product. <laughs> so, <laughs> good way to sell it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Awesome. So I know that you recently launched, like very, very recently. Can you tell us more about your long-term vision of where you hope things will go um, as you just started? What are your plans going forward? Yeah, so I think the main reason, you know, going back to the vision of the whole company is I, I wanted to create something to help women and when they're in a situation where they're uncomfortable and they need something to feel refreshed and confident. And, you know, when you're on when you get your period earlier, you experience a light bladder leak, there's, there's nothing worse than feeling uncomfortable and not confident in whatever you're doing. And so that's the the whole foundation of the business is to give women a peace of mind and to to really bring them comfort in an otherwise uncomfortable situation. And long term, um, I've, I've always loved finding ways to volunteer and help with uh, female-led initiatives. And eventually I, I would, every, actually every purchase of Spare, there's a portion of it that goes directly to, um, as a donation to birthing clinics that are in need. So when I was doing research into um, whether or not this was a good idea and, and if this product even existed already, I actually found that the maternity rate in some of the third world countries is really high. And it's because of things that, you know, can be easily avoided and, and uh, if they just had more resources and more funding, the maternity maternal death rate would actually drop. So eventually my long-term vision is to really make an impact with some of those birth clinics and, and bring them some funding that is desperately needed. That's amazing. I think that's so great. I th that's such an important part, I think, for any company to have a, a CSR vision and, yeah. and understand who aligns with you and how you can best support. And I, I personally was not aware of those particular issues in certain countries. So yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Amazing that you're going to support them and very much looking forward to seeing how people can contribute with you by purchasing your product and getting involved in that conversation more. Yeah, I'm excited for it. It's it's one of the the biggest aspects I think that I'm I'm really passionate about and and trying to bring awareness to not only to the fact that this is a problem that exists, but you know, that we can help address it with something, you know, just like giving them additional resources, I think is a, an easy way to make a difference. Exactly. And just building communication awareness, you know, just the fact that you yeah. told me and then other people will listen. And the more we are aware of things, the more we want to help and support. Yeah, so I think that's really good. Yeah. Awesome. So speaking of giving back in CSR, 
I know that some of the women that I've um, spoken to on the podcast, they've obviously launched businesses in different cities. And a big topic that always comes up is sustainability. Um, And I know that there are very few options in the cities in Asia, but some popping up for sustainable packaging and options. How did you find a good sustainable solution for your packaging? Was it difficult? Um, Are you going through Singapore? Did you have to source through China? Take us through some of the thinking and processes um, while trying to incorporate sustainability into the brand. Yeah, that was probably the the hardest part of starting and, and the part that took the longest was finding the right factories to partner with. Um, and for my product, because there's not only the underwear, which is the, the main part, but the pouch itself that each individual pair is inside is is made of plastic. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, we were keeping sustainability in mind. And so I made sure to look for factories that specialize in recyclable materials um, that have all of the certifications necessary to make sure they're creating things that aren't um, as harmful for the environment. Um, You know, to be honest, we're not completely there yet. I would love to use materials that are more biodegradable um, and eventually, hopefully we'll get to that place. But yes, it's definitely something that it's exciting because I think factories are getting a lot better about looking for different ways to create these materials that aren't as harmful for the environment. And I think we're at a really important time, you know, in the world in general, where this is a, a massive concern and, and topic for conversation and manufacturers and factories know that in order to maintain their businesses, it's something that they're going to have to address. Um, and I and I actually also looked for separate factories for each aspect of my product to avoid some of the challenges that I know happen to smaller business owners. Like um, there are a lot of copycat products there. You know, we hear stories all the time of factories having extra materials and then just producing it themselves and rebranding it and selling it into their local markets. So as a way to hedge against that, I actually went to three separate factories in several different countries to manufacture the underwear, the pouch and the boxes. Um, So we're, we're hoping that that does a good job of, of, avoiding you know copycats in the future but also we we paid a lot of attention to the the partners that we chose to make sure they were they had good practices in place we visited each of the factories in person um, just to make sure you know the the working conditions weren't harsh for for all the workers there Um, and really getting to meet them in person made a huge difference Um, And gave me the confidence to know that we were choosing the right partners and and doing the most we could in terms of sustainability. Yeah, I think that's so important and very good tip, actually, to avoid where you can maybe working with the same factory for everything. Because like you say, um, the duplicates and things like that is, is a high risk we do take. Yep. Um, and, and I think it's great that you got to know your factories personally and, and have that relationship. Cause I know we were speaking with other businesses and they were also saying how 
there are some sustainability options, but if you're a startup, you can't necessarily right now purchase such large quantities to make that price possible. Right. So I think eventually, hopefully, those prices will come down for smaller businesses to be able to be more sustainable and not only have it in a price range where it's massive quantities only that can go the sustainable routes. Yeah, exactly. And, and to that point, you know, that that was one of the challenges was just finding a factory that was willing to create less than 10,000 pairs of underwear in one batch. And that was part of the reason why we chose a factory in Vietnam. One, because we, we love Vietnam as a country. We really wanted to find a way to help that economy and, and the people there. Um, but Vietnam factories are actually, they're not as um, advanced as some of the factories in China, but it's because they're breaking into this market and a lot of factories are actually expanding into Vietnam. So they're able to do smaller quantities and minimum orders, which was great for us. And I think that's also about a smaller footprint is smaller quantities because you're not wasting. Yeah. You're not. It's also, I guess, part of that conversation is rather have smaller quantities than larger productions. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell us, what are some of the biggest struggles and key learnings when you decided to start your business? Any tips that you have for other women? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that I struggled with in the beginning was just talking about the idea in general and, and feeling confident enough to, one, talk about something that is, you know, generally embarrassing. You don't often find yourself talking about these things with um, friends, let alone strangers. And that was something I, I, you know, was able to really build up my my passion for speaking about and, and just realizing that this is something that actually a lot of people experience. So why is it something that we are typically ashamed of discussing? And I think it's really interesting um, in, in society in general, there's a larger conversation being held around female empowerment. Um, there are a lot, a lot more investments going into female tech and innovations. And you're seeing things, you know, conversations around like tampon tax. And it's a really interesting time to be, you know, part of that overall movement. I think I'm excited to um, help bring awareness to some of these issues and make, I guess, just in general, just tell people that it's not something that's embarrassing. It happens to everyone at, at some point. And it's just another testament to how amazing our, our bodies are and what we're capable of. Um, so I would say that was probably one of the biggest struggles for me personally. Um, on the business side, I my background is actually in marketing for, for technology companies. And when it came to the designing and thinking about the branding and the vision and the messaging, that was all really fun and came uh, more naturally to me when, when creating the business. What was the most difficult and where um, my husband is the co-founder, what he has taught me a lot is on the business and operational side. So thinking about um, shipping logistics and fulfilling and um, how much 
how much to actually market your product for because you have to keep in mind the ad spend and customer acquisition costs. And those were all things that I had to learn from scratch. Um, And we use Shopify as a platform, which has been great. And where it's it's just been such a great learning experience in in general seeing how to operate an e-commerce company and it's 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 great that we're now in a place especially post pandemic where it's a lot easier for small businesses to get up and running on e-commerce because they're you know companies are just investing so heavily into this space and so there are tons of blogs out there that I've been reading like the Bible just to, to make sure I'm, I'm taking advantage of some of the best practices around email campaigns and, and marketing campaigns, um, and ad spend. It's been, it's been a really fun, you know, of course, challenging, but I feel like I've been learning a lot every step of the way. Um, and we did, we were able to launch on international women's day and that entire weekend, I think we were up until, up at 5 a.m. and going to sleep at 2 a.m. just trying to make sure the website was was ready to go and had all of the right uh, email responses and was technologically sound. So it's it's been it's been great overall, though. Well, that's an amazing day to launch because it's such a perfect <laughs> match for what you're doing. <laughs> Yeah, I I really wanted to launch on International Women's Day just because I think it's such a cool day to share um, as like the spare anniversaries coming up. And I I love that the whole business is just so centered around uh, women. Yeah, I think it's the perfect time to launch. And it's great that you yeah. had that additional support as well. And I couldn't agree yeah. more. I love Shopify. If anyone wants to run anything online, Shopify's got all the needed plugins and all the um, other sort of details. Because I know I tried one. Someone asked me what, what website should they use. And I was like, well, you could technically use anything to build it. But if you're looking for the sales infrastructure Shopify is the best bet especially if you're aiming to grow larger and deal with a lot of quantities yeah definitely I would I would say the same yeah (laughs) awesome so you already told us a bit about the the factory and those details can you tell us more about your thinking and process for the types of material you chose to go with and and why that material was effective and was the factory able to help you with that or did you have to source that separately yeah, so I guess in, in talking about the underwear itself to, and this is something that actually we get asked this a lot, is is it is it leak-proof underwear? And unfortunately, it's not. It's actually just regular underwear, but I made sure that it was really comfortable. Um, and the material's a spandex and, and nylon mix, so it feels like... Um, like Lululemon, Uniqlo, a lot of these companies have similar uh, underwear offerings, but it feels like really smooth and, and a little bit silky on your skin. And it's seamless so that you don't have um, the annoying underwear lines that you can usually see through yoga pants or if you're really active and you're a runner, you don't feel that discomfort that comes from like the, the lining cutting into your skin. And so... Um, 
but the reason why I didn't feel the need to go with a leak proof material is because this solution purposely is something that you use after a leak has already happened. And so I, when I was doing the research and I saw that there are companies that provide something like leak proof, but one, those I'm like an individual pair of those is usually around 30 to 40 us dollars. And two, you have to know when to wear them because it's more of a preventative solution. So you have to expect a leak is going to happen at some point in your day and proactively put the underwear on before you leave the house. And my and spare is addressing the problem, you know, when, when these leaks aren't as expected, if it's something like a period that just comes randomly then, you know, what do you do when the leak has already happened? Yeah. <laughs> so, so that is the main difference between some of the leak proof solutions in the market today and spare with our, our company. And um, the, the fabric also, I mentioned earlier that I'm, I'm pregnant and it's been growing with me. I, I, when designing the shape and the cut the, I purposely made the front of the underwear a V-shape seam so that it can go underneath your belly because I have a lot of pairs that I can no longer wear now that I'm in the third trimester that cut a little bit higher and they dig into like right below um, or right against my belly and it's not super comfortable. So I made sure to do a V-shape because it's flattering on almost all body types that I've seen it on and if you are pregnant it goes really comfortably underneath your your baby bump um so so yeah I think in general the fabric is is really comfortable as soon as you put it on it feels like you're almost not wearing anything you don't have the annoying underwear lines that you typically have to deal with and especially if you're pregnant it's one of my only pairs of underwear that has been able to grow alongside my baby bump so I'm pretty I'm pretty proud of that <laughs> that's awesome and I can see you have yeah. a very different direction as per the the other underwear out there and I think that's a great concept yeah. and what makes it different yeah I like to think we're not in the same exact space and we're not going after the same types of customers you know this is really trying to address a different market um, and different problem set so hopefully they don't see us as you know an evil competitor no I doubt <laughs> that <laughs> it's just more awesome solutions it's just great that people are like you say more aware of female tech and female issues and concerns and developing technology and solutions for that because it's yeah, yeah we yeah, definitely exactly. need it <laughs> yeah <laughs> awesome so I've chatted to a lot of um, startups and some of the women that I've chatted to say that from the seed idea until actual launch sometimes it takes a year sometimes it takes two years take us through from your initial idea and thought how long did it take in the process until the actual launch date yeah so when I mentioned in the beginning that I, I had the idea when I was living in Japan so that was um, towards the end of 2018. So it's been around two and a half years where 
I've just been looking for different factories, different manufacturers. Um, the branding process took a, quite a long time. I was working really closely with an agency to make sure the look and feel was something that I was really happy with and, and something that I felt was truly aligned to the vision and um, the the overall messaging of the company. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we did everything our, ourselves when it comes to the content creation, the web design. Um, we, we had a photo shoot in California when I was there. Um, so ideally we would have been able to launch much earlier and then the pandemic hit. <laughs> so uh, we've, we've had a few different challenges, but I think all in all, it's taken about two and a half years. Yeah, that's, that's, I think, roughly what everybody else says. So I, yeah. I think a lot of people sometimes get impatient with themselves and the process. And I think it's just good to remind everyone that it takes time. It really does take time. And, and it's okay if you take longer to get to your dream, but, you know, at least yeah. get it the way you want it. Yeah, and I always remind myself that for for every idea that does launch or comes to fruition, there are hundreds, if not thousands, where people have given up and they don't continue on with the idea. And so I, you know, admittedly, I was really close to that so many times. Um, it's, it's really easy to get, uh, lose confidence, especially when you're losing steam and maybe you haven't looked at your business plan in a little a few months or a long time and I would just encourage everyone to keep going because you know if you keep going I guarantee someone else is quitting so yeah very good advice I think that's great advice (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah tell us more about where can we find your products where are you shipping to where are you not shipping to what are your next steps what are the markets you're focusing on um tell us a bit more about that yeah, we, so I, I, as I mentioned, we're mostly an e-commerce company. Eventually, it'd be really cool to see our products in uh, physical stores and on shelves. But I think especially given the, the time we're in still in the midst of a pandemic, e-commerce makes the most sense. And so you can, if you head to www.wearspare.com, that's where you can find us and uh, see um, our branding and, and the products that are available to purchase. We are currently shipping to um, all of the United States, Canada. Um, in Asia, we're shipping to most countries, uh, especially Hong Kong, Singapore, Australia, New Zealand, Japan, and South Korea, and several countries in Europe, mostly the um Not as much Eastern Europe, but I would say definitely in UK, France, Germany, um, some of the the bigger hubs that we plan on advertising heavily into. Awesome. So tell us, um, if you don't mind us asking, how did you go on deciding who your best shipment agent will be? Or are you managing that yourself for now? Yeah, (laughs) that, that took a bit of time too, actually. So we... Um, we are currently based in Singapore and fulfilling and shipping out of Singapore. Um, and so 
we were a little bit limited as opposed to if we were in the United States or in, in Canada, I think we'd have a few more options, but we, it really came down to there's a couple of local providers and then there are the big names like FedEx and DHL. Um, and we, we really just negotiated a ton. There were a lot of phone calls. Um, I have to give credit to, my husband, because he did most of this work, he's much better at negotiating than I am. Um, but he, you know, just spent a lot of time trying to get the rates down. Because, as you can imagine, shipping from Singapore, a smaller country to a lot of these major hubs, there's a lot of, of cost involved. And so we tried to do the best we could to get the best rates so that we could offer a better price um, per product and in, in how much we market each uh, package for. So luckily we were, we were able to get reasonable rates with FedEx and we're now using them as a partner. So it's, it's only been a few weeks, but so far so good. Um, and we'll, we'll see how, how that continues on. Yeah. I th- think that's one of the struggles is always just finding someone that can help you build your dream in a cost effective way. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's all things that I didn't think about when I was just starting the idea, but now they're they're very they're very real and it's exciting to to get to this point where we're actually shipping batches out to different countries. Um I always get really excited and because it's it's recently launched, I'm including some handwritten notes because I I've always loved getting handwritten notes myself. Um so it's been it's been great to actually see everything come to fruition and now get to the point where we're, we're sending it out to customers. It's exciting. Yeah, no, I think that's so exciting. I love handwritten notes as well. Um, but good luck writing all of them <laughs> when you start shipping out thousands of boxes yeah. a day. <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly scalable, but for now it's, it's very well exactly. managed. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, So that's a wrap from my side. Did you want to add anything else before we wrap up? No, I, like I said, I'm just really excited to be podcast episode 22. It's, it's been great to listen in on all of the other conversations with other female founders. And yeah, I'm, I just am very lucky and grateful to be included in the group. Thank you so much for joining us on the show, Lauren, and sharing your startup story in Singapore. It was great to hear your journey on how you found your factory, the right material, the brand messaging, and brought your idea into fruition. Lauren recently launched on International Women's Day, and I'm sure she'd love your support. Please do check out her information in the podcast details and follow her along on Instagram to see her grow her new business in Singapore. And thanks again for listening. I hope you were as inspired as I was with Lauren's story. And please do get in touch if you'd like to share your story or follow us on Facebook or Instagram to join the community and be inspired and connect with other people as we help each other grow.